We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, 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 and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast. I'm your not host, Matt Wispay, joined by our actual host, Stefan Lacoe. Stefan, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I am excited. I, uh, I'm really bummed about how uh, last week went. Uh, from a strict X's and O's, wins and losses. <laughs> but uh, if you look a little deeper, I think we're on to something. I was really happy with I'm DFS happy. last week. Um, it went really, really well for me, which uh, which was great. I, uh, I doubled up pretty much everywhere. Um, so pretty, pretty happy about the DFS. But yeah, uh, some of those games really pissed me off last week. I'm sure we'll get into it in a little bit. But how about you, Matt? How you doing? Uh, I mean, I did worse than you. But my real life football team did better than your real life football team. That's true. So I'm in a better mood than you. That's true. Oregon was a disgrace. I watched. They weren't a disgrace. You were. I mean, he, they, they Kirby were. Smart even came out and said after the game, he was like, "Listen, when they get to like the Pac-12 schedule when they're playing against uh, talent in their own league, they're gonna do great." They yeah. were playing out of their league. But when. When you're a deranged Oregon fan, you don't you expect to win. No, you don't expect to 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 make it to the national championship game. But you believe you got a shot at the playoff, and you believe that you don't uh, fucking lose by forty six points. Mm. You know, against anyone, against anyone mm. ever. I, here's but, the thing, but it I happened last week against off. Utah too. So I'm I'm saying this is a flawed Oregon team, um, and I. I'm t- terrified um, of, of, of the fact that Dan Lanning is sticking with Bo Nix through thick and thin. We didn't even get to see Ty Thompson, who you know I love. And we're sitting here pretending Bo Nix is the answer. Like, why? For, for what? He, he's in his, he, he only has one year of eligibility left. I don't even understand. So it just scares me. Um, oh, like, like, I agree that we'll be fine in the Pac-12. But it scares me when I see a coach with that mindset. It just makes me feel a little bit nervous that they're not going to push the envelope on on offense. And uh, that just sounds horrific. Counterpoint. Georgia might be the best team in the country. Sure. But 46? I think I, I, I'm be honest. I think this is looking 2019-ish in the way that I think that the, I think this season will unfold and it's going to get down to the end of the year with the playoff. We're going to have one team get the number one seed and we're going to be like, and then there's going to be a two seed that feel you feel incredibly bad for because the two seed is going to have to play the three seed and the one is basically going to have a bye. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That's, I mean, that's probably true. 
I, cause I think great. I think if we look at week one and obviously I'm, I'm going to give Ohio state a pass on offense and say that I think that they will figure their offense out enough that if this defense that we saw from them is real, they're going to be hard to stop by anybody. Absolutely. And I think what we saw at Alabama is they're, I mean, they did what they should have done. Yeah. We'll see them again. Same with, same with Michigan. I, I think, you know, the competition didn't allow us to learn very much. Whereas, uh, Ohio State and Georgia played against Power Five good schools and took care of business. I know Notre Dame's an independent. But... I mean, they're effectively a. Yes, they're ranked like it. So um, I, I agree with you. Hey, I was wondering though, what did you think about um, Kate Klubnik coming in at the end against um, in that Clemson game? Uh, I mean, I think he's. I think he will eventually be the better option but i i'm gonna guess that they're slow to pull the trigger on benching dj uyunglele because they don't want him to leave quickly yeah and once you bench dj you can't go back now i have said on this podcast as well as on the show with travis i believe in dj like i believe another podcast I believed in DJ in watching him struggle, but I was more frustrated with the offensive play calling. I just thought it was, it lacked any creativity. It was very much the same we saw last year. Like DJ was an amazing recruit. He was one of the, like, let's see what he can do. Let him air it out. Like, come on, let's do, let's, let's I don't even think it's let him air it out. I think it's let him try to be Cam Newton because he's a monster. And you now have a competent backup that if he does get injured for some reason, like DJ is very mobile for his size. And if you let him move and let him have a little creativity, he's that's where he's best. So the fact that they like, like last year they were pretty honest about the fact that they weren't going to let him move because if he got injured, they were screwed because their backup was someone whose name I can't pronounce. Um, not whose brother lie. was at UConn, but yeah, I can't uh, pronounce it either. <laughs> but so they like, so la- last year they didn't have a competent backup this year. You have a competent backup. If you want to give DJ a real shot and let him kind of have a sink or swim year, then you, you have to let him play to his full potential. And I think that means you have to, let him be creative out there. So, I mean, we saw what, I I don't think he, I don't think he's far behind Anthony Richardson in the fact that I think he has similar size and mobility. I think he has similar arm talent. And I think if they let him do the stuff that Florida let Anthony Richardson do, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that he'll be amazing, but I think you give him a better chance of success. I mean, to be honest. We thought he was going to be amazing, but made, but no, before. I think he, I think he has all the potential yeah. to be amazing. What we saw his first ever game against his first his debut game was the Notre Dame game, if I recall correctly. I think that's the first uh, game he started. I think he'd come in yeah. for like some whatever. Other I mean, but, but the yes. first time we saw him was against Notre Dame, and they kind of just said whatever, just do what you do best, and he went out there and played great. Yeah. Um, now, part of it is that they, as good as they recruited wide receivers they haven't managed to put together still a competent wide receiver room and they're still they're just not good off on offense and the fact that they hired internally after last year's 
debacle on offense is still really weird. Um, yeah. But it is, I mean, it, that's the, I, I would say if you're asking me the question of, of who should be the starter, probably should be Klubnik, but do we think Klubnik's going to find success if the play calling is, is bad? I don't, I don't think DJU is a bad quarterback. I think he is a capable quarterback who has been hamstrung by a pretty media, uh, mediocre offense. And now he looks terrible. So I, I don't know. I'm not really willing to say like bench him. He's atrocious, but at a certain point they're probably going to, and club may find more success because when you don't have as deep a knowledge of the playbook, because you haven't been in it for two years, they probably shorten it for you and just play to your strengths. And so Klubnik may find success because he's playing with a shorter playbook. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I loved the UNC app state game last weekend. I don't know if you, it was so much fun. It was just ridiculous watching those points go up. Um, I was looking to live bet the over and I kept being like, Oh, it's getting pretty high, getting pretty high. And so I just waited and waited. I was like, why did I wait? It ended up being on the 120s. Uh, what a just ridiculously fun game. If you like terrible defense, which I do. <laughs> I mean, it was so. I, I almost had the perfect scenario. So my power rating, when the number shifted right before the game, the number shifted to whatever it was. Because of Josh Downs being like, out. I think it, huh, with Josh Downs being out, I think the number yeah. shifted and. App State went from like a two point dog to like a three point favorite. Like it was a big move. Um, and when that happened, so my power rating flipped from saying you should play App State to you should play North Carolina. So when App State missed that two point conversion, <laughs> I'm sitting here celebrating because I thought I had a best bet win on the show. I thought, which I had is the most important rating. of all. Yeah. I thought I had a power rating. Um, plus because my numbers now are going to be proven right um or because it was going to show as a win and it was the perfect case scenario and then north carolina does the dumbest possible thing and returns an onside kick (laughs) for a touchdown which then allowed that which then gave app state a chance to tie the game which they wouldn't have had if they just went down yeah it was one of those moments that was so infuriating from every perspective of my brain, because I'm sitting here going perfect moment (laughs) to, okay, well, not so much. (laughs) Yeah. And then app state scored and I'm like, wait, can we get to overtime and then maybe have like a, a weird situation with like a missed extra point or something. And no, we didn't. And indeed. Um, I, my power rating was got that number right, but then when it based on the new number, but based on the like show, I did miss, and it made me sad. But you didn't have a you didn't have a bad week. You, I mean, you you're I down lost like point half eight eight or something point eight eight unit. I'm last week I was up point six four units, so not a terrible terrible week. I think we both wish things had gone differently. Um, I want to talk about our multi unit plays just for a second here. Um, those games, uh, one of them we're, we're both on. Um, let's start there with BYU uh, at USF. We were talking a little bit about BYU right before the show. We were talking about um, just your power ratings and what you created. And, and BYU, um, this result, I mean, it's it, 
the only surprising thing about it is that you didn't just put all 10 units on it, really. <laughs> I mean, uh, you you had this one uh, spot on, and uh, BYU looked comfortable the whole way, either without, even without Gunnar Romney and um, Pukunuku, Pukunukua missing some of the game. Uh, it was already well in hand. Uh, you, you, you called this one right on. I mean, South Florida's garbage. They weren't going to get magically fixed overnight. They're really just a garbage program right now. Um, and like you were kind of mentioning, um, I have a lot of BYU future stuff and it's because I really believed in this team in the preseason. These numbers are a little bit flux right now, but I'll say this. I'll just say it. BYU is my 11th ranked team in the country. Yeah. Based on my (laughs) power rating. That's not resume based. That's not based on like, this is, if I were to put them up against a lot of teams, BYU would be just straight up favored against a lot of teams. I think they're really good and I think they're really well coached and I think they don't make um, mistakes. And there's, there's a reason I have them ranked pretty high. I I'll be interested. I think this will be an interesting game because it is a true step up in competition against Baylor Um, this week. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, And I think it's a home game this week though. So it should be, this is a really intriguing matchup for them. So um, yeah, this is one of the best games on the slate. This is one of the ones I'm most excited about watching. You should be because they're they're fun. Um, no, I mean I, I really like this one because I, I think it's two teams that are about as well coached as they as you can get. Um, I really like the Jerry with. Bohannon factor, the fact that they just played Jerry Bohannon last week and now they're playing his former team. It's kind of it's fun. <laughs> it's like but, the non revenge game, revenge game, mm-hmm. something. Um, however, my other multi unit play was on NC State. Yeah, I'll be that, this game was crazy. Number one, they deserve to lose. Basically in every sense of the word. Um, so when they were down, I think it, at this point they were up by seven. And they were down on the goal line. And they ran four times. With the backup the, running back. With the backup, which whatever. I mean, that's fine. I, I think they should have. But, but not Devin Leary, to your point, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Devin Leary did score on that drive, but it was called back because of a, a penalty. So the yeah. one time they did try to run Devin Leary, it was successful, but well, then but I, they were unsuccessful four times with The biggest the problem back. I had was the fourth down call. They lined up in shotgun and just did a straight like draw. So from four yards out, they're doing a non... Basically, the benefit of goal line is that... Or from lining up under center in that spot is the fact that then your running back can generate some momentum, some forward momentum and like just power his way in. Whereas they ran one where he was getting the ball from a pure stop point, giving the defense a half second beat to try and get moving. And he got tackled at like the 20 yard line. Yeah, I was flabbergasted because that basically at that moment right there, I said, well, chalk this. I literally went in the sheet after that moment and just put in the L because there was no <laughs> chance they were going to win this game by 11 and a half. Um, I still think their defense is nasty. Yeah. I still think I mean, I still think they have an outside chance to win the ACC, but I'll be honest, I, I had that team in the preseason. I nerfed them a little bit at the end, and but I think I, they were like 10th. I really thought they were going to win that they were going to challenge for the ACC this year. But they're they're just they have no meaningful talent on offense other than Devin Leary. 
and it's Thayer insane Thomas. because they, they bring I mean, I like players on the team. But yeah. But they like last week was against East Carolina, they should go they in should there do more yeah. and hang more than twenty one points. They should hang forty one points. Um for sure. So that was uh, that was disappointing. Um, but uh, whatever. We move on to this week because it's this week now. Um, we do have one, I guess, one real marquee matchup of the week that we should probably discuss. Let's do um, it. Marshall and Notre Dame. So, <laughs> um, no, I'm, 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 curious, I'm obviously I'm, kidding, everyone. I'm kidding. I am curious which game you're referring to, though, because I see a few. I see a few. Are you talking about Alabama, Texas? Yeah, it's Alabama, Texas, at least based on name value. Right. Okay. Nothing else is close, name value-wise. So, I mean, we all know how this game... We have this game once a year, and I think we we kind of know... For as improved as Texas may be, and I, I don't necessarily know that they're improved a ton, um, for as improved as Texas may be, how many teams have gone... How many teams have played Alabama early in the non-conference and live to tell the tale. Yeah, no, no, not many. No one, (laughs) no one really. This isn't, this isn't the type of game that they lose. This is the type of game that Alabama goes out and proves like, Hey, you know how you guys were like questioning whether or not Georgia might be better than us. Yeah. Like that's, that's what they're going to do. And to me, I think that's why um, the line is set at 20. Um, It opened at 18 and a half. Um, moved up a point and a half. I will say it was funny. We were kind of joking about this on the Action Network Slack channel. Um, Joey Galloway said, this line might go all the way up to 30. And we were just kind of like, Joey Galloway does not understand gambling. Um, <laughs> but so, I, I mean, I think that's, it's the exciting matchup. But does Quinn Ewers stand a chance of doing anything of value? In it's interesting game? because he's priced super, super cheap for DFS. So he is someone that I was uh, contemplating about uh, playing. <laughs> He's only 5700 Like, that's really, really cheap. But uh, he still won't make my lineups. I, I, I will say this. I think this Alabama defense could be the best defense that Nick Saban's had in a while. Um, and I think that this offense is going to not give up the ball ever. Like I just, when I say that, I just mean like, you're not going to get like a stupid possession where like Bryce Young throws an interception and Texas gets the ball at the 20 or something like that. And you get a cheap Quinn Ewers touchdown. Um, This is, this is going to be one where he's going to be fighting bad field position pretty much all game um, because he's going to get the ball off kickoffs. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Quinn Ewers wouldn't touch my lineup. Maybe Xavier worthy. Maybe you just get him in there and hope that they like break something along. But I don't. I'm. I'm remember he's not super cheap either. So I wouldn't be. No. And I'm. I mean, I'm in my article, which will come out soon, uh, Thursday or Friday usually. Bijan is also a fade for me, which is a terrible thing to say. But he's not. It's just this week against that defense for the price. There's, there's better. There's choices. a lot of. There's a lot of. There's a lot of decent fades in this and. In that, I mean, to be honest, this is this has the potential to be such a, a bad game that you really could consider backup Alabama players as like cheap punt plays. 
more so than you would and they're consider. not even that and they're not even that cheap the one guy i am interested in so tyler harrell um did not play last week god you are you are infatuated with tyler harrell three thousand nine hundred dollars though i know but just takes one to see the field he just i know so if he's not injured so i'm gonna check that's true but if he's not injured um i will have at least one line share okay at least one <laughs> I'm going to save a lineup for Saturday morning just for that. That's fine. We should hit a break, though, and then maybe jump in a week, too. Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Picks of the week. All right. Here we are, week two. I want to start because you, uh, I wanted to talk about my two unit play that cashed last week um, when UMass fell to the mighty Tulane. Um, I think they played Tulane. It doesn't matter who they play. It's, it's so auto against. Um, it was UMass and Tulane. Yeah. Yeah. So, so UMass, uh, their quarterback, his, uh, if you look at the box score, and I know box scores aren't everything. But he finished the game three for 10 for 16 yards and two interceptions. Yeah. Not great. Not great at all. Um, so you know what, bud? I'm going right back to the well. I am fading UMass yet again. And this time we get one of your favorite teams of the year, Toledo. Toledo minus 28 and a half at, uh, I actually don't even know uh, if it's at UMass. No, UMass is on the road. So it is, in fact, at our Rockets. I'm very excited to play this game. What? I need to adjust my something real quick. Okay. I'm going to do um, no, no, no. I, this is this is all part of the show. For our listeners, I'm adding a bet to my card. Oh, did you just fade? Did you just, are you going to be no. fighting me? No. Oh, okay. You're still I am jumping in, in with you on this one. Oh. Because I'm... I love Toledo. And... Are you at, so, 
What is your what does your model have this one? I think I looked at it earlier and it was a pass. It's for probably you. against you, but I don't care because I love Toledo. Oh, you uh, are actually joining me on this. That's, damn, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh. Uh, no, I have Toledo minus 36 in this game on my oh, model. Perfect. Um, which is to say that, hey guys, it's early in the years and my my models aren't really refined. So you're gonna get a little bit more of a my numbers a little wonky at some points. But I love Toledo in the spot. I think they're really one of the more underrated um, group of five teams. I think they are going to probably win the Mac this year. And as you mentioned, UMass is bad. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'll jump on this with you. I'm going to just do a half unit play because I pulled some stuff from other places, but yeah, minus 28 and a half. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Ride or die, baby. Uh, that's how I wanted to start my, uh, my week two with an auto win. I should just put 10 units on, but then the podcast would be so short and a lot less entertaining um so so what you're saying is 10 i'm putting 10 units down on byu money line versus baylor um, there we go i'm joke i am joking um i'm doing a one unit on uh, byu money line versus baylor i'll be honest so the odds on this one are minus 155 uh they are a slight favorite in this game i think it's like three and a half points or something like that i'm a little sketched out by the three and a half um if it was two and a half i probably it's down to just, three um, no I'll be honest. I'm just going to take it at minus one, the money line at minus 155. I think they do win. I think it'll be a little eh, iffy the whole time, but I think my numbers have it. Um, like I have it at like six. No, I have it at eight, but that's counting a home field. And I don't love to do that with BYU because I don't think their crowd is super influential. Um, so I have them as a favorite to win by like a touchdown ish. So. I'm going to just roll with them to win a money line. We had one of the things that we did the units for the reason why we did this, like units versus doing um, whatever, just trying to just four just and three, three numbers evenly is because I do think it, there should be some like honesty here of like, I'm not playing them at minus minus one ten. I'm playing them at minus one fifty five because I don't necessarily feel the, um, you don't the see the value the in cover. the three points. Yeah. It's it, yeah, that makes sense to me. But I do uh, love BYU, and they are my a really absurdly ranked high team. So, so here's the question: Do you love BYU as much as I love fading UMass? That's the question. Is BYU going to be a team that, unless the the market really really catches up, they're going to be in your card every week? Uh, it's hard to say. They, I'll be honest, BYU has a schedule that is not pretty. Um, because obviously, like they're playing Baylor, who's ranked number nine right now. They've got um, they've got Oregon next week. I'm I can almost guarantee I'm going to bet them against Oregon, then Wyoming, then Utah State. I'll probably like BYU will little... be favored against Oregon. I know. Okay, I told you that preseason that they were going to beat them. Yeah, uh, you didn't Notre say Dame, they were going to be favored, though. And there's a big difference because I agree that they will win. <laughs> I Notre Dame and Arkansas are pro- probably sketchy ones just because their style of play is so slow it down that there's a lot of variability in the outcome. So, I mean, they might, they'll probably be on my card a lot this year. So, yeah, cool. Get used to the same analysis Kalani Sataki for the win. Perfect. Mostly because that name's dope. It's a good name. Um, we probably should have started with uh, early games. Uh, I do have, cares? I do have a play. Um, remember one of my uh, favorite, f- 
favorite teams, my favorite team total overs. Louisville, baby. I was all in. So I was super excited. I bet them heavily this weekend against Syracuse. I didn't care they were on the road. They were going to be fantastic. Well, I watched, and it was horrific. It was horrific. You're not I a was good em- team. I, I was in preseason. You didn't hate it though. You didn't hate it. Let's not let's not pretend like you did. But I That's am fine. I am full fade mode. UCF. John Reese Plumley is a dude you and I have talked about, and you talked about like two years ago that you were excited about. I believe you even thought he might be as good or better than Matt Corral at one point. I think you suggested he should start. Um, in my defense, <laughs> I said fine. they should start him over Matt Corral because it's fun to start running backs. But um, he looked awesome last week, and I don't think I don't think, think uh, Louisville is going to stop them at all. So I would like uh, one full unit on UCF minus five and a half, please. Um, I'm actually in real life going to wait to bet this one because this was at minus six not long ago, and it's dropped to minus five and a half. Um, I'm just going to see if I can get like some better juice, or maybe the line moves a little bit more. But for now, uh, UCF minus five and a half. Okay, I like that. I actually, I mean, I'm pretty much just, I'm always in a fade in favor of fade Louisville. Um, I'm not really. I actually think Louisville's not trash, but I think there was someone that was in your ear, one Mr. Travis May, who may have tried to talk you into a Malik Cunningham being an amazing quarterback. He is. He might he, be. Last year he was. He was so fun Here's to watch. He's very, very, very good. And he is very good. And he very well might be an awesome player this year. But you also sometimes need talent around you. And I just don't know that he has a ton of that. They've got two really good running backs on that team. Um, Tyon Evans Evans and Travion Cooley. But I think Cooley's hurt right now. Um, But yeah, I think the loss of Harrell probably hurt him a little bit. And um, the fact that their team's not very good probably also hurt him a little bit. So... I'm, I like your play. I think I have UCF as a, as a slight play, but I think this was a pass for me. Um, yeah, this one was a pass, but I'm I'm on your side. Cool. What's uh? Where do you want to go next? Two units. Oh, on the under in Ohio State and Arkansas State. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, Matt, how is Ohio State going to win seventy to nothing? If you think that it's going to go under 68 and a half. Well, I think they're going to win 67 to nothing. Um, no, I, so I'll say this. I think what we saw out of Ohio State last week is that their defense is markedly different than what we saw last year. I think that they are really capable of shutting down offenses in a way that they just weren't last year. And while they may give up a few explosive plays more than they did last year, or not more than they did last year. They may give up some explosive plays because they do blitz a fair amount, and they do try and be creative in generating pressure on the quarterback. I think that will also cause mistakes um, and lead to turnovers. So I don't see against an Arkansas State team. I think they're going to go a little bit more vanilla, probably not do a lot of zero blitzes unless it's doing it with like people trying to get familiar with the playbook a little bit more. Um And I don't see an Arkansas State team that is coming off of a game against Grambling being really ready for that level of jump in competition. Yeah, I just I think this will be lower scoring. And to be honest with you, while I do think that Ohio State's offense is going to pick it up, um, I think that it's it's going to take a little bit of time for 
CJ Stroud to develop a full rapport with Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, um, and some of the other wide receivers on the team because he just hasn't thrown a lot of reps to him. So I think this will be a weird game where you see, like, I think you might see um, Cade Stover, the tight end, get a few more catches. You might see, um, you might see Henderson get a few catches out of the backfield. Hell, you might see more Xavier Johnson, which I'm going to guess most people who listen to this didn't know Xavier Johnson was a wide receiver on the Ohio State team. Um, no. But I like, I, I mean, he's a former walk-on. Um, and he got the game winning touchdown. So I think it's just one of the, like, I think what you're going to see in this one is he's going to, this is going to be a game where CJ Stroud is working on his rapport with his receivers. And if you want to know who's going to be the star in Jackson Smith and Jigba's absence, it's going to be a Mecca Egbuka, a Mecca Egbuka, um, because he just does everything. And he, so he's going to be a bit of a volume hog. Um, but with all that being said, I think, they're they're definitely not playing Jackson Smith and Jigba this week. He is, it's not confirmed out, but it's one of those. If he if they were playing a good team this weekend, he'd how be playing. dare you? Okay, so if they were playing <laughs> a good team this weekend, he would be in in the game. But because they're playing Arkansas State, they're going to give him another week's rest. And then the other notable injury is uh, starting center Luke Whipler um, was seen walking off the field or walking out of the stadium last weekend in a boot. Um, they, while well, Ryan Day has said this is not a long-term thing, it's another one where if they were playing a really good team this weekend, I think he'd be on the field because they're not. I think they're going to play. Uh, they're going to shift over Matthew Jones, who was the starting right guard to center, um, play their sixth offensive lineman, Enoch Vamahi, at starting right guard. I, I don't think this will make a huge difference against Arkansas State, but just there might be every once in a while you see like one drive get stalled out because of some center, um, some center issues. So um, I just think I, I expect Ohio state to put something up in the mid forties, maybe push 50. I don't think this will be a game where that Ryan day tries to like go full all gas, no breaks. Let's do this. Let's put up a 70 burger. I'm going to guess he stops somewhere in the like 49 to 54 range. Um, And I don't know that Arkansas state gets on the board. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, uh, if this doesn't hit, it's because uh, it's because Ohio State got all of them. Honestly, um, I would play this number. Um, I'm writing this up for Action Network. I think I would honestly play this number down to like 65. Great, yeah, and it may it may very may very well get there. Um, I'm gonna go to my um, next favorite play. Um, this is just because uh, some of the smart people I listen to are all over this um and then you said you're on the other side of this so then i got a little bit nervous so uh so we'll see um we'll see where this one lands i i I do hope you fight me because i'm one to know and i would love to increase my lead in that category but i'm going um central michigan against south alabama i'm going south i mean central michigan uh minus five they um i mean this isn't a complete blind play for me central michigan put up 44 I believe last week um, against a good Oklahoma state team. I could be wrong on that number, but um, they came back and got the cover. Uh, they, they're a very, uh, I think they can be a very good offense. Uh, they had over 400 yards passing last week. Um, meanwhile, uh, South Alabama is, you know, no juggernaut. Yes, they did win, but it was against a, a rather um, unimpressive school. Uh, 
I think it was Nickel State. No offense to uh, all of uh, all of you listeners out there, but South Alabama has been really really They're bad monster. on the road. Uh, they're zero and six against the spread um, on the road in their last six, obviously. Uh, so, so that's not very good. Um, yeah, they just have not been. They have not been uh, a team that travels well. So, Central Michigan at home, um, only minus five. I, I, I like it. Uh, in all honesty, I'll probably also play this in like a teaser or two um, and, and get it over the uh, over the money line. Um, so, anyway, uh, one and a half units, Central Michigan minus five. Um, at home against South Alabama. And then being at home, uh, to me, is a pretty big deal. That's why I'm going with this one. I'm not going to and it, I know you don't like it. I, I mean, I have South Alabama as a slight favorite. Um, I don't really have a great reason why, and that's part of the reason why I'm not jumping all over it. Um, my numbers yeah, no, don't love Central Michigan yet. I just so. think it's good that people don't think we just always agree with each other for the sake of it. No. I would be against you. My numbers do say make this play, but this is one where I don't necessarily have a great feel for why, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um. All right, my next favorite one. All right, I love Miami right now. Woo! I know they, they murdered a nobody team, and that's skewing a lot of things, but I think they have a fair bit of talent on this team. I They're a team that every single year I have to like kind of nerf down a little bit because they're they're talented but they don't necessarily play up to it um they're not going to find the same level of rushing success that they did last week um against southern miss but i also don't know that southern miss is this like reasonable team to stop them um because southern miss allowed 447 yards of offense 5.4 yards per play last week um and to be honest, they they let up a fair bit of rushing. So I would say if you're worried about um, Southern Miss staying close in this one, you're only worried really because you think they're just going to run the ball really successfully and kind of slow the game down. Right. I don't see that happening. So because I think Miami is going to be able to do whatever they want on offense, um, I'm going to take one and a half units on Miami minus 24 and a half. And you guys know me. I hate taking numbers that big. Yeah. But um, I I think Miami's really good. And I think they have a God, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to win the ACC. But I feel a lot better about them having a chance than I would have a month ago. Well, right. Especially because you, you liked NC State quite a bit. Clemson still exists. There were other yeah. contenders. Uh, and now even Florida State, who knows? Um, it's fun. It's it's fun seeing. I mean, I think the ACC is not great by any means, but I think that the uh, the mid tier teams of yesteryear, <laughs> what, um, are are actually all playing a lot better and or looking a lot better. They have a lot more talent. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know what to think about Miami. I'm a little annoyed with Cristobal, uh, but I will talk a little bit about that game when we get to DFS. Um, my next play is going to be let's see let's go out to california we have university of southern california um going to stanford um and the line is eight and a half i don't think that's enough i think usc is a much better team than this um than what stanford's going to roll out there and i think that some of the the reason the line is the way it is is just the history between these two teams 
Um, if you look at the last 10 games, uh, it's five and five. You know, if you look against the spread, it's four, six over under six, four. like these teams just play each other pretty tight, pretty close. Uh, but that was before uh, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and Jordan Addison and uh, our boy Travis Dye showed up to uh, to Southern Cal. So I like this this team an awful lot. I, I did bet them uh, under their team total, so it's not like I'm a, a huge USC stand. Uh, but I don't think USC put. I mean, I don't think Stanford puts up much of a fight here. So I'm going to put one unit on USC minus eight and a half at Stanford. I really was hoping my numbers were going to say fight you. <laughs> they don't because you just you but you, you you're not feeling this one huh no i'm not even i'm i it literally suggests my numbers suggest playing usc so okay. all the way up to like so why did you want to fight me then because i like fighting you okay. <laughs> i like fighting excellent all right um I don't feel great about this one, but I just want to play it because S&P Plus has it. I have it. Give me Virginia plus four and a half against Illinois. I don't think Illinois... I think Illinois was fraudulent. I think they played a garbage team in week one. I think um, we we had... we they What did they play last week? Sorry. Like, Indiana. I, I think they were a fraudulent squad. And then Indiana they beat them. Yeah. Indiana... And they couldn't put up points against an Indiana team that's not going to be very good. I think Virginia is, while they're not the offense they were last year, they're still capable of putting up points in a way that I don't believe Illinois is. Um, I think this will be a kind of a higher scoring game than maybe um, it should be. Um, but yeah, I, I think Virginia shouldn't be uh, more than a field goal underdog in this one. So give me Virginia. Give me four and a half points. I think they're going to win the game outright. I like it. Um, I love Chase Brown. I love Juice Williams. Uh, Chase Brown has 350 um, rush yards in two games already. To your point, he hasn't played amazing teams. Um, but even with that, they lost to Indiana. <laughs> um, because running the ball effectively – for a long part, a long period of the of game, doesn't matter when Connor Bazelak drops back and only completes two important passes. Both go for touchdowns. Like when you play that conservative of an offense, um, and I know they have a new offensive plan in place, but it's still far too conservative. Um, you allow teams to get come in there and, and uh, have a couple explosive plays and beat you. So Virginia is exactly the type of team that can do that. Uh, I went into this week wanting to play Illinois and had to back off because. Uh, Brennan Armstrong and um, company, I think, could uh, could put up quite a, quite quite a lot in this game. Um, this is actually a game that I'm targeting heavily um, in DFS, and we'll get to that. And it's kind of to your point. I do think this could be a, a higher scoring game than a lot of people think. Um, let's head out to another team that is uh, a high scoring team. Let's go. North Carolina is traveling to Georgia State. Um, I uh, I am going to buy the dip. I think people are really down on UNC. Their, their defense has been atrocious. Uh, they've had to rely on Drake May to be a miracle worker in order to be where they're at so far this year, uh, which is 2-0, but only 1-1 against the spread. Uh, but I think that the uh, I think this number is, is a lot lower than it would have been otherwise. 
um, if people hadn't seen how horrific their defense looked against App State, um, as well as Florida A&M, if we're honest. But I think the, the talent level is just too far. Drake May is too uh, too fucking good. I love Drake May, um, and and I will back him. I, I wanted, I did have Georgia State um, UNC over as a play as well for a bit, um, and that number is uh, sixty four and a half. And I I'm personally playing that. I just didn't put it on the card because uh, there was a lot of other plays I liked as well. But um, I, I I love um, this UNC offense. Uh, and if Josh Downs comes back, it'll be even more fun. So, yeah, UNC minus seven at Georgia State. Okay. I mean, I'm, I don't feel good about that because I, I don't feel good about this North Carolina team. I think last week was not overly surprising. I Whatever I said last week about Drake May, whatever. I'm wrong. He's really good. But, but it might not be enough. That's that. I think that's the problem. Is I think he's yeah, going to have to put that's... up like fifty points a week to win, and his defense will be atrocious. And I, I think this game will be weird. Georgia State the... is a, a weird team. How the hell does Gene Chizik still have a job? Like, have some fucking ingenuity, North Carolina. Get a real coach in there, not some dinosaur from yesteryear. Come on now, I'm done. Ah. <laughs> I have to get excited every once in a while. Uh, By the way, it's real fun that Georgia State's quarterback last week completed 24% of his passes. All right, you <laughs> might be safe. Oh, I did not know that, but I he, love that. And it's not like, oh, he threw like five passes. No, he threw 30. Oh, he threw 29 passes last week. He completed seven. All right. Okay, like that's a play. thing. I like yeah, this You play. should feel all right. I don't know that they're capable of... Uh, doing anything i mean all right i'm going to run my place is bad too though but yeah please all right so so you know the uh air force academy i've heard of it um so they're very good they've been consistently very good for a few years um you know colorado no i i mean yes i i went there that is Uh, my that is my school so you know how they're atrocious oh yes i also know that like they're really, really bad, and they're yeah. not going to get better this year. Um, they're going to lose by a lot of points to a really, really good Air Force team. Um, Seventeen and a half. I, I went either like dogs, unders, or gross overs that I don't usually play. I love but it. Screw it. Uh, minus seventeen and a half, just a single unit. It's minus one ten. Um, my reasoning is pretty simple. Air Force doesn't make mistakes. Colorado makes a lot of mistakes. Yay. Yeah, that, that works for me. Um, I, I, I hate this Colorado team. It's really, it's really sad to watch. It's, uh, it used to be fun, you know? Used to, we used to have a, at least a, a rooting interest. So it was worthwhile to go to, the, to Folsom Field, and now it's like not at all. I will go hey, to Oregon. You can watch Daniel though. Arias. Oh man, he's a fifth year senior. Okay. Don't root for him. Who's fun on this team? You can root for On Colorado? Yeah. No one. I'm trying to find somebody. No one is fun no, on no, this no. team. Here's who you can root for. You can root for this guy. He's technically a redshirt sophomore. His name is Montana. His last name is Lamonius Craig. Okay. You can root for him. Root he's not for very him. good, but <laughs> perfect. He has a good name. Do you, do you want to hear um, a really great stat? Sure. Kansas 
are one eight and one against the spread in their last ten games played in week two. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Is my question. No, Kansas uh, is a bad team, and they're playing a West Virginia team that I think is pretty good. I like Tony Mathis Jr. quite a bit. I think JT Daniels is good too. Um, West Virginia is um, it's just uh, two touchdowns. That's all they need, and I don't think Kansas is going to be able to uh, to stop them. Uh, I think West Virginia. Uh, cruises past this number. I'm not even going to be worried about a backdoor cover. Uh, West Virginia should be favored by more than two touchdowns, not south of it. So minus 13 and a half feels great. Um, they got so unlucky. Did you watch the pit, the backyard brawl? Did you watch any of that? Did you see how that, that nonsense? I watched six? bits and pieces. Oh, geez. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was ridiculous. It was a lot of fun. And it was a great way to, that was, I think last Thursday, it was a great way to welcome college football back but yeah uh give me west virginia minus 13 and a half i can respect that um we both so have remember how plays, wyoming is bat what we both have four plays left well one of them you don't have any units on so fix that um, oh, right. um so you know how illinois proved that wyoming wasn't very good at football in week one yes okay so tulsa lost to that team yeah. So why is Tulsa favored by six and a half points against Northern Illinois? I just assumed Northern Illinois was a very, very, very bad team. I mean, so and I moved Illinois on. Struggled. <laughs> Dude, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want any part of this nonsense. I don't want you're disgusting. You're a sick, sick man. This so, is this is repulsive. Northern Illinois' first week, they won. You want to know what that is that Tulsa didn't do? Tulsa didn't win. I don't right. care that it was against Eastern Illinois. Um, Northern Illinois has uh, Rocky Lombardi at quarterback. Um, oh, as, he played uh, for fame. Michigan State. He did. He's reasonable. He's not good, but he's reasonable. Um, they've got no one else you should care about on that team. Um, they're not very good, but I don't know why Tulsa's favored by six and a half against anyone. Um, yeah, so give me... Um, let me double check to make sure I can still get that number. I don't. I it was on FanDuel. It was the only one spot that actually still had it at that number. Everyone else was at six. So yeah, um, run to get that one because Tulsa's not very good, and I think the number will come down to probably like five and a half. So okay. give me Northern yeah. Illinois plus six and a half. I like it. I like it a lot. No, actually. you don't. You think it's gross. I. One I, second, like I want to do grosser before we I, jump in. I, before I, you I do like that you're playing it. I don't like the pick itself. I respect you. You want to know it's gross? Unders in the 40s. Give me oh, Iowa no. State and Iowa under 40 and a half. So here's a fun stat. Iowa's defense outscored South Dakota State's offense. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> they scored four points. South Dakota State only scored three. Here's a stat that should make you vomit. Iowa State all or Iowa also outscored Iowa's offense, which is weird. Like, how is this team so decent at defense every single year and so atrociously bad on offense? Like, just figure it out. Just do it. And uh this team, this game's always close. And honestly, I just I, I think Iowa's defense is good enough to keep this low scoring. I would actually probably lean I like I I think Iowa's favored in this game by like three and a half points. Uh, my numbers really prefer Iowa, but from a 
I can't see Iowa scoring more than like 13 points in a football game right now. Um, I would fade that entirely and just bet the under. Yeah. I'm only playing a half unit here, by the way. Um, I don't, I'm never going to lay like seven units down on like an an under at 40 and a half, but yeah, half a unit on Iowa state and Iowa under 40 and a half. Yeah. You're, you're, you're crazy. I'm Um, gross. I just can't imagine one. And you won't, I'm sure actually watch that game. Will you? I mean, the entire state of Iowa is going to be hyped. (sighs) Can you imagine if that was your life? That's the type of football I mean, you have to root for. I watched, I watched oh. a lot of that seven to three game last week, <laughs> and I, I have multiple people who can tell you that I said that game was bringing me so much joy. You're gross. I'm uh, doing a little audible here. Um, Coward. No, 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 not at all, not at all. I just like to play better. I wanted to get some action in on this Tennessee Pitt game because it speaks to who I am as a human being. I was fading Pitt all offseason. I was not. I was not on board. I know you were an over guy on their team t- total. Um, okay. I was not, and so I need to stick to my guns. I like Tennessee. I like Hendon Hooker. I like offense. I love offense. We know. We all know this about me. So I need to stick to my guns here and continue to fade Pitt. If I think they're not going to be as great, they need to start losing some games, and this is the perfect opportunity. So I was just going to take Tennessee minus the six. But I don't feel that confident. But I do feel confident in these offenses. Pitt put up a bunch of points despite Narduzzi wanting to run the ball more. And that's because they had to, because their uh, defense was struggling a bit. I think Tennessee um, gets up and down on them. And I think Pitt has to throw it to keep up. And I think they have the weapons that they can actually do that. So I want Tennessee money line and the over 58 and a half in a delightful same game parlay. Uh, that is right at minus 115. So nothing too crazy. Nice and and safe and cute. And we're going to put one unit on it. Tennessee money line and the over 58 and a half. And you can wow. see that I'm betting it right here uh, as we speak. What's your Draft number? Games. You're getting it at what? Minus 115? Uh, minus 115. Okay. I like that play. You know what else I like? I like Duke and, Duke and Northwestern did not score a lot of points. You'll probably win. Pat Fitzgerald likes to play low-scoring games. Um, yes, they went out and scored a reasonable amount of points against uh, Nebraska, but that was in Ireland, so that game never happened. That's right. Um, Duke went out last week. They scored a reasonable amount of points against Temple. They scored 30 points. You want to know what... They're not going to do. They're not going to score 30 points against Northwestern and a Pat Fitzgerald-led defense. Um, yeah, 58 and a half is too much. You want to know what else is too much? 48 and a half. Um, yeah, give me this one unit, Duke-Northwestern, under 58 and a half. Uh, it's minus 110. It's pretty straightforward. But yeah, give me give me that play 100 times out of 100. Yeah, that's disgusting. Uh, I will bet it and I won't watch it, but I'll follow the I'll follow along on my phone. Um, I've got two more plays left. I'm going to go to Texas. Um, and I want Houston plus three, uh, against Texas tech, Tyler Shuck, uh, former Oregon. Great. Uh, got injured again, uh, last week and is no longer like he's out like two or three weeks. So they're having to put in their backup. Now there was a quarterback battle there. So it's not like he hasn't been getting reps. Um, it's not a huge downgrade for Texas tech, but we're living on the margins here. We want, 
everything we can get. Um, we were talking about Houston a little bit earlier. Uh, I really like this team. I, I, I like Clayton Toon. I think Nathaniel Dell is a, a really, really good uh, wide receiver. I think Houston is able to not only uh, cover, I mean, it's plus three. I think they outright win this game, in all honesty. So um, I'm going to, for the show, take the plus three. Um, but IRL, I'm also uh, doing a little money line action on this one. Um, maybe even outlining it to, uh, to minus four and a half, just for some shits and giggles. All right, I've got one play left and it's shared with you, so do your other play. Okay, so again, man of principle. Um, I was also fading Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky's very good. Uh, I think Will Levis is a joke of a human being. I'm coming for you, man. I know, that was harsh. He's a college kid. aggressive. (laughs) I know. He's a child. (laughs) I know. I'm an old man with... Not nothing else to do. Uh, no, I'm not the a dude. Just likes mayonnaise in his coffee and like <laughs> and banana. Just peels. a weird guy. <laughs> I know. Good for him. People are talking about him. Uh, I think Kentucky's overrated. Um, meanwhile, I think Florida might be really, really good. And Florida's the type of team that uh, I'd like to hitch my wagon to because I uh, I am a fan of a terrible Oregon Ducks team. So let's have something fun to root for. Let's go Gators minus five. It's only half unit play for me. Um, I just felt like I needed to fade Kentucky uh, on the road. What are your numbers on this one, by the way? What, Kentucky and Florida? Let's look. I think it's a pass. I don't love your play. I've, um, my numbers haven't caught up on Florida yet. Um, I have, I would take Kentucky plus four and a half. But I liked Kentucky coming into the year. I had Kentucky as like a top 15 team coming into the year. And they didn't do anything to push themselves down, but they only played Miami of Ohio. So, sure. whereas, um, as good at so what I the problem is I've had a hard time. It's it's hard to adjust for competition level based on first game. So because of that, like stuff that I'll start to work in later in the year is like balancing out level of competition. So Florida's win is obviously a much more difficult opponent, but because of that, their numbers didn't really inflate that high. Sure. Um, so, sense. yeah, I mean, I'm. It's a it's one that I would completely fade. I looked at it. I thought about just fighting you out of principle, but I didn't. So, okay. what's your final play? I don't know where you're. Okay, so you you adjusted it. Um, it's because I put so, it in. Uh, there's this. Uh, there's this. There's this team named Alabama, who is the best team in the country. Historically, Nick Saban, when he does these marquee out-of-conference games, likes to ruin that team's season and beat them so badly that you feel ramifications of it for like... Two seasons? <laughs> like, a, like a solid four or five weeks. Um, I would guess that this game is going to be out of hand early. I would guess that no one is going to be uh, really thinking Tennessee has much. Of, I mean, Texas has much of a shot for more than like, like a drive where maybe like Alabama gets to third down like that. I just, I genuinely think that Alabama can score whenever they want against this team. So yeah, I, it's going to be bad. I would, I won't be shocked if it goes a lot like Georgia and um, Georgia, Oregon. So Sorry, Texas fans. Even your coaches said it. 
in his press conference stuff, he said a lot of comments like, yeah, you know, we know what we're going up against this weekend. We know Quinn will improve as like the season goes on. This isn't a finished product. He's, he's warning you this game might get ugly. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that, so I, I'm, I'm on this play with you too. Um, I think it's interesting that Alabama's one in four in over unders, like the unders hit four of the last five games is what I'm trying to say. And it's not because of Alabama's offense. It's because teams cannot score against their defense. And I expect that to continue this Saturday. I don't think Texas is going to be able to keep up. Um, at one point on this show, I had the, the first half uh, play as well, um, but I just needed to whittle it down because there's a lot of plays I liked. So um, I I think this is, yeah, I think this is going to be a route. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Alabama doesn't like the fact that Georgia was getting uh, some noise after uh, after what took place. Uh, so so I, I totally expect, um, to your point, Saban to come out and try to make a big point uh, about who they are and who Texas is not. And uh, I will be shocked if this one doesn't hit. Uh, last week against Utah State, um, like Alabama pitched a shutout. Like Utah State didn't score. Uh, Utah State was a really, really good offense last year, uh, averaging over uh, 400, like averaging right at 450 yards uh, a, a game. And they were not able to score at all. They averaged close to four touchdowns a game um, and were unable to score. So this Alabama defense is for real. Uh, we know their offense is good. So, yeah, uh, sign me up for this. Uh, I, I like it a lot. We got one unit each on this one. Shall we, uh, shall we, uh, shall we do it? Yeah. Shall we move on? Yeah. Oh, Should actually. We run down our picks first because that's what we do, do here. Yep. Let's All right. do that. So I've got BYU Moneyline versus Baylor at minus 155. I've got one unit on Virginia plus four and a half at Illinois. I've got two units on the Arkansas State, Ohio State under 68 and a half. I've got one unit on Northern Illinois plus six and a half at Tulsa. I've got one unit on Duke Northwestern under 58 and a half. One unit on Air Force minus 17 and a half against Colorado. 1.5 units on Miami, minus 24.5 versus Southern Miss. Half a unit on Iowa State and Iowa under because I'm gross. Half a unit on Alabama, minus 20 at Texas because that's easy money. And half a unit on Toledo, minus 28.5 versus UMass because you kind of said bet against UMass, and that seems fun. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I'll start with my biggest uh, play of the week. I've got 1.5 on Central Michigan, minus 5 against South Alabama. I've got UCF, minus 5.5. Um, against Louisville, and we've got Toledo minus 28 and a half versus UMass, USC minus eight and a half at Stanford, Houston plus three at Texas Tech, UNC minus seven at Georgia State. Uh, we've got West Virginia at home, uh, I've got that at minus 13 and a half. We talked about Alabama minus 20, and then I've also got the same game parlay Tennessee money line and the over 58 and a half, which uh, spits out at minus 115, which I like. And then I've got a half unit play on Florida at home against Kentucky at minus five. All right, now let's do it. D-F-S. You know the best part is I still didn't hear it, but watching you dance made it worthwhile. <laughs> All right, let's do some DFS. Um, I'm still tinkering around a little bit, but I did find a lineup that I liked. Uh, real quick, just want to remind you, you can check out my article over on Rotoviz. Um, doing pretty pretty well uh, so far. Uh, week week one wasn't great, um, but but last week uh, was phenomenal. 
Uh, I was I played five five point four units in DFS and I and I won a nine point seven five. So it's a nice four point three five difference there. So I like that. Anyway, uh, some some plays that I really really like um, at quarterback that we've already talked about. Um, I love Brennan Armstrong. He's coming in at only six thousand three hundred. I think that's just a phenomenal value against an Illinois defense that couldn't stop Indiana's Connor Bazelak uh, from putting up over 300 yards. I think at 330 and a touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, so I like Brennan Armstrong an awful lot at quarterback, uh, just given the price. Um, Sam Hartman comes back. He's at 8,000. I'm going to have at least one share of him uh, against that Vandy defense. I, I like Sam. He was just amazing last year. And while he missed the first week of the season, uh, it was not due to um, – like a football injury. It was, I think like a blood issue or something like that. So he should be good to go. Um, I also like Clayton tune for Houston, who we talked about. He's also fairly inexpensive at only 6,500. He accounted for four touchdowns last week. Um, and uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I liked it a lot. Um, Hennon hookers, always fun. I talked about that Tennessee game. Uh, he's 7,800. So he, he's a little bit more expensive but someone that I am very excited to roll with. Uh, quarterback I'm fading. Uh, you mentioned Illinois. Um, 6,600 for Sitkowski is just too too much. That's more than Brennan Armstrong or Clayton Toon. I don't know uh, why you would want to attach yourself to the quarterback on that team. If you want to go for Chase Brown, absolutely. Or maybe even Isaiah Williams, if you want a part of that passing game. Uh, but I think Isaiah Williams, if he's successful, some of that will be on the ground as well. So, uh that's kind of where I'm sitting at quarterback. How about you, Matt? I mean, you didn't mention Tyler Van Dyke, right? I did not. Go. To, you can you can talk about him. So a Tyler bit. Van Dyke's, I mean, really a quality quarterback. I think the only issue with the the only issue with that with playing Tyler Van Dyke is the concern that they're going to get up so much early that they basically just run the ball out. I have a second concern: is that Mario Cristobal is the head coach in Miami, and he loves so, running the football. And I respect that, but there is going to come a point where they have to pass a little bit. And I think at his price point of 6,400, yeah, yeah, I think I probably am with you that I would play Brandon Armstrong ahead of him. Um, But when you start to get down to that price range, I actually, for sure. I say that Tyler Buckner is $6,000. He's going to be, he's going to do a whole lot better against this uh, uh, Marshall Marshall team. So that should be a very reasonable play. I, I would say, I probably I like in that I like the guys in that six thousand range. Me too. I think there's a lot of values in that range, and I think if it's not a week where you should feel as um, inclined to go pay up, I think this is a good week to kind of settle into that Buckner, into that um, Brennan Armstrong, Tyler Van Dyke. Um, yeah. I think that's really where you make those where that's your, where your play should be. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah. I just don't want to spend 10,200 for Bryce young. I'm sorry. He'll probably have a phenomenal day, but 10, two is just a bit more. I than mean, Hendon hooker at 7,800 is, is really nice. And if you do play Sam Hartman, I will say that if you play Sam Hartman, you basically, there is one receiver you have to play. AT Perry. AT Perry. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's move over to running back. Um, we were talking about uh, Miami just now. Um, I think Miami has a very successful day against Southern Miss, and I think it's um, using Henry Parrish Jr. Um, Parrish led the team uh, with 17 touches last week, 14 carries, three receptions, if I recall. May have been 13 and four. 
Um, and that was more, that was almost double any other running backs touches in the game. So I think Parrish is, is their main, is their one a, I think he's going to get a lot of the work early and I think he's going to score a lot of the touchdowns. So um, I like Henry Parrish at 6,300 feels like a, a slam dunk. And then I do like Chase Brown at six, four. Um, we talked about him earlier having, he's already got 350 rushing yards and two touchdowns. He also has an additional receiving touchdown. So he has been somewhat involved there. Um, the uh, implied point total is only 31. I don't love that. Um, but I do think this game will be in a weird, I think these two teams have such different styles. I mean, I know Virginia has a new OC, but still, um, I, I just think that uh, to your point, this is going to be a low key high scoring game, but I could see Illinois doing it on the ground um, while Virginia does it in the air. I don't have a, I think running back's kind of a gross run this week. I don't have a ton that stand out to me. Um Jabari Small played really well, and if that game does get scoring, um, he might get some run later um, to try and burn some clock. I Brad Roberts for Air Force is probably a dude that needs to be in a lot of lineups. He was reason to be pl- priced too, if I recall. It wasn't too crazy. Brad, oh yeah, Brad Roberts is at sixty five hundred, and against Colorado, that feels like free money. Um, yeah, I, and then maybe like a, uh, there's a couple spots. I mean, you could probably throw Chris Tyree in there. I think they're going to try and utilize him a little bit this week. Um, for Notre Dame. For Notre Dame. Just it, given the teams. Like yeah. I said, no, no, no. I, I think it's a it's kind of a weird week. I, I don't love a lot of the running backs this week. I think a lot more of my plays will probably be stacking up wide receivers because I do think yeah. there's a lot of good quarterback plays this week. So like One my running backs will almost undoubtedly be a, um, a wide receiver. Wide receiver. One running back that I also like, if you do want to spend up at the position, is I do like Deuce Vaughn. He's expensive at 7'6", but I do think he'll be able to put up some pretty good numbers. But let's move over to wide receiver because you just uh, you were just talking about it, and I, I do think uh, given the cheap quarterbacks that we're looking, and each one of them is attached to a pretty fun uh, wide receiver, I think it's pretty, um, pretty obvious who some of our, our recommendations here will be, but... We mentioned Clayton. We mentioned Clayton Tune, so obviously Nathaniel Dell. He's only six thousand bucks this week. Love that. Uh, I can never say his name, uh, but he is it. Keaton Thompson for Virginia. Um, I like him. He's only five thousand two hundred. I do think Dontavian Wicks may may have a better week, but he's uh, six thousand three hundred. So maybe uh, you want to save a little bit of money there. But I, I don't hate either of those options. I think they're both uh, pretty pretty great. Uh, my favorite uh, kind of in the seven plus is Aeneas Smith from Texas A&M. He had a phenomenal week last week. Um, and uh, if you recall, they're playing App State. Texas A&M will be playing App State this week. And we saw what that offense was uh, or what that defense was unable to do. Uh, so I, I do think that we see Smith uh, build on his great six receptions for 164 yards and two touchdowns that he got last week. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if Smith leads the field. Uh, from the from the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, I, the receiver. I want to get a piece of Alabama's offense, um, and I think the play on it this week is Trayshawn Holden at sixty eight hundred. He's a guy that I think should probably find his way into most lineups. Um, there's, I, I mean, At Perry is. I think a lot of people were worried last week. He didn't get the volume, but it was not with the quarterback that gave him a ton of volume last year. 
Right. Um, and I, I like to assume that Sam Hartman threw the ball to A.T. Perry a ton because he trusts A.T. Perry. And so he just is going to go back to him. That seems like a pretty straight line logic to me. So we're going to stick with that one. And then, yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you on Thompson for Virginia. He's probably the best mid or like lower tier price point guy um, to get in there to make lineups work. Um, again, because I think you should be probably stacking uh, your flex with wide receivers this week. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. I don't know. Yeah, cool. I have two, two, two um, cheap plays as well um, that I just want to throw out there. Michael Mayer for Notre Dame is only 3,900. He only had, he did have five receptions last week, but he only had like 30 yards. I think he'll be able to do better against not Ohio State. Um, and then Donovan Ollie, um, we don't know exactly what Cameron Ward is going to be doing at Washington State other than throwing a shit ton of passes. Um, but Donovan Ollie uh, had seven of them last week. And at 3,900, I'll, uh, I'll take a shot on him again just for a high floor. Uh, so, um, yeah, those are some kind of deep plays or pivot plays that, that you might look into. Um, yeah, I have a lineup. It feels like a free space. Yeah, uh, 3-9, I think so too, especially in cash. Um, my, my DK lineup for this week, uh, my quarterback is uh, Clayton Toon. And I'm going with uh, Chase Brown and Henry Parrish. Uh, they are each 6'5", 6'4", and 6'3", respectively, from a price point. Um, then wide receiver, uh, I'm going to go Nathaniel Dell to, to stack with Toon. Um, I'm going uh, Keetian Thompson. I need to figure out how to say his name. Um, and then Michael Mayer. Um, and then the flex, I'm going with Luther Burden, um, the uh, phenom freshman out of Missouri. They really tried to force feed him the ball last week. I think they do that again. And then my super flex to uh, to to stack with Thompson, of course, is Brennan Armstrong. Um, and that leaves me just like a couple hundred bucks in case uh, I need a pivot on uh, game day like last week with Josh Downs going down. Um, I uh, will, if that stuff happens again, I will be tweeting out kind of um, adaptations you can make to your lineup. We pivoted to, uh, and you and I were talking, we went to Dell. And then uh, in some of my uh, some of my lineups, I went to Zach Evans where I could move Josh Downs um, out and had a flex open. Anyway, uh, what's your lineup for the week? So I got Hartman um, at quarterback. I've got Audric Esteem or Estim, the guy that was the power back for uh, Notre Dame. That guy, um, Deuce Vaughn. I've got At Perry, Nathaniel Dell, Treshawn Holden, Michael Mayer, and Tyler Buckner. Fun. That's I have a thousand dollars left over. So I could make some tweaks, but to be honest, I think this lineup is me assuming that uh, they're going that uh, Notre Dame is going to find the red zone red zone a fair bit more against Marshall than they did against Ohio State. I like that play. I I I like targeting Notre Dame this week. That sounds sounds like it might be a winning strategy after what happened last week because they're going to want to get back on on top of things too. Yes. Awesome. Well, that that was it. That, that, there we go. Week two. Ready for... Um, I'm ready for it, man. It's going to be awesome. We also have the NFL starting up tomorrow night, which will be fun. Uh, but man, college football is uh, has been super, super great so far this year. Uh, any parting words for listeners? Don't buy Xavier Johnson. There you have it. We'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>